before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and I am so darned excited to be with you today. We are going to have an amazing, amazing conversation for you to listen to. But before we dive into that discussion, I want to share with you a quote that I saw that resonated with me. And it says, don't be intimidated by what you don't know. Those are powerful words that come from Sarah Blakely. If you don't know Sarah, she is a businesswoman and philanthropist. And most importantly, ladies, she is the founder of Spanx. So Sarah, I want to give you personal thanks (laughs) for your work. All right. So Amy Shaver is our guest today, and she is going to share her inspiring journey about owning her short-term rental and taking that experience and launching a thriving business that caters to fellow hosts in her market. And I have to tell you, Amy's story is a testament to passion, determination, and boundless opportunities. I cannot wait for you to meet her. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right, so we are here today with Amy Shaver, and I am so excited to be having this conversation with you, Amy. But first, I just want to say thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's going to be fun. And I will share with you that Amy and I got connected by someone else through our female short-term rental investors Facebook group and a fellow STR sister. So Lisa, if you are listening, we both appreciate you. (laughs) Absolutely. Amy, first, let's start off and have you share with us a little bit about who you are and where you're located. Okay. My name's Amy Shaver. I'm located in the Smokies. I've been here since I was six. So um, I'm very familiar with everything Smoky oriented. I'm a lady of faith. Um, Faith and family are most important to me. I'm a wife, a mom of four, a grandmother of six, a short-term rental owner since 2005, and the founder of A Happy Host, a rental concierge company in the Smokies. Holy moly. So you don't have anything going on in your life at all, basically. No, tons of free time. (laughs) So I want to go back to how you got started in short-term rentals. You said 2005, correct? Yes. So my dad was able to retire in his 40s from long-term rentals. So he had probably 26 long-term rentals in his portfolio when he retired. 
And so real estate's always been a huge love of mine. Um, I actually went through real estate school and graduated when I was 18 back in 1998. <laughs> but I chose that I like this side of real estate better, owning it. <laughs> so, so I had many residential rentals. And then in 2005, my dad decided that it would be neat to check into some of those cabins in the Smokies. And us locals avoid the Smokies <laughs> because of the traffic. So um, it was very odd for him him to want to look. So we went and looked at multiple cabins and we ended up in Hidden Mountain West, which has a lot of history there from being the first short-term rentals, um, you know, that were brought in from the World's Fair Park for people to, to have a place to stay as the World's Fair Park went on. So we went to Hidden Mountain West and we chose one of the oldest, most outdated cabins <laughs> that there was. And so um, we took it and in between a turn, we renovated the whole entire cabin and we started renting immediately. I was with a property management company for a short bit um, while those days that, you know, had been rented while we were purchasing were over. I took over and started self-managing myself. So that was, you know, I was 25. So um, I got in early. And um, that little cabin is very special. It's sentimental and probably going to be in our family forever. Yeah. And I know that when we were preparing for this interview, you had shared with me that that cabin has really pulled you through some extremely challenging times. If you don't mind, talk with us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we purchased that cabin in 2005 and 2016, I divorced and it was a very rough and ugly divorce. Um, I had dedicated my life to living someone else's dream from those years, from 2000 to 2017. I um, was involved with my husband at the time's family business and it was solely his family business and no time for anything else. My heart's always been in real estate and short-term rentals have always been where I wanted to end up. So after the divorce in 2017, we fell on some pretty hard times. You know, I, I pretty much lost everything but my home and my kids and I lost them 50% of the time. So um, to be able to stay with my kids, I, I got a job with the school system as a substitute so I could see them um, even on days that they weren't here. But that cabin was able to carry me through that time. And, you know, it was sufficient enough to where we didn't feel a lot of heartache and a lot of hard times and a lot of pain. So it carried me through until I was able to start a career that was on their time so I could spend as much time with my kids and still make a living at the same time. So that year was rough and it carried me completely through that year. And then um, I remarried a couple years after and my husband at the time was um, had a great corporate job. He smelted silver and made silver bars for the Navy. He was in charge of that plant, um, made very good money, loved his job. Um, but in 2021, he came down with COVID or 2020, it was November, 2020, he came down that we found out he no longer had a position. So he was sick in September on oxygen for two and a half months. He was scheduled to go back to work November 1st and on October the 31st, they let us know that his position had been absorbed. So during those months, you know, we had to take our kids out of school. They were homeschooled because we couldn't take a chance on any germs coming in. 
I've always worked for myself. So I had started a preschool and kept teacher's kids to be on the teacher schedule so that I got to see my own children. And that worked out great. It was something I actually never thought would um, have to stop. But um, we had lost like $50,000 within a matter of three or four months. He was out of work. I was out of work. Medical bills were, were stacking up. And again, the cabin saved us. So that small cabin was, you know, very prosperous in, during COVID. So it made double in uh, COVID what it had made the year before. Wow. So it, it was able enough for us to live off of that. And so for the second time, it had saved us again. That is, I think, so powerful because a lot of people, again, get into this industry, obviously, for the purposes of real estate investing, but we're thinking about our futures. We don't necessarily, and I'm I'm just speaking in my own experience, you know, when we invest, we're thinking about, okay, this is a wealth building strategy for our future for our kids, you know, as, as we go into the pearly gates, um, to be able to pass on, you know, to our loved ones. And at the same time, you know, I've never really thought about what would happen if heaven forbid, you know, there was a big shift or pivot and I had to, you know, solely rely on a single property. That had yes. to be scary. That had to be really scary. Talk to us about what you were feeling at that time and how you got through that. So it was super scary because, you know, we hadn't, you know, my husband's not the type of man that would just go file for unemployment while he was sick or disability. So we we didn't have any income coming in. Um, my job completely shut down his job. And not only that, we had bills because his job was still charging us for his insurance and stuff to carry since it wasn't coming out. And so the bills were stacking up and, you know, the cabin has never been a get rich quick thing for me. It was more personal. And by the time that I was divorced, that cabin was already paid for. You know, it was on a 15 year mortgage. It was paid for. So all the income coming in, all I had to pay out of that was an electric bill because it's on well water and then Internet and, you know, insurance. And that was it. So pretty much all of that money was was free money. And, you know, COVID shut down rest of the world, but the Smokies, it did the opposite. So everyone ran to the Smokies. And so, you know, just by the blessings and, and grace of the situation, that cabin produced double what it did before. And, you know, I never, we never felt any hurt. We never worried where the money was coming from. We had complete, you know, faith and um, it changes you when you're that close to death. Um, you know, the things that are really important really shine. And so at that point, it was just money and we had we had health. And so it was something we never even thought we would have to solely depend on, but it completely took care of us. So um, it's very, very hard for me to let that cabin go now. Mm -hmm. you know, um, back in 20, um, 2005, I paid $110,000 for that one bedroom cabin. The market crashed in 2008 and I could have bought three for that. <laughs> so, and then fast forward to now, you know, it's four times worth what it was. Yeah. So, so um, that, that little, little cabin, one bedroom cabin um, totally picked up and, 
and just was able to save us. It saved us twice. I just think that is the coolest story. And, you know, I just want to encourage anyone listening, if they're thinking, oh, you know, you have to have a mansion, you have to have a seven bedroom property, you know, that's a luxury property to really be able to have or see impact, shall I say, from your short term rental business. I'm here to say Amy is living proof that that is not the truth. Oh, no, I, um, I'm a very big fan of these smaller cabins now. Something that happened that kind of um, transitioned us into the next phase was my husband had just weaned himself off oxygen and he was ready to go back to work. And our son is, um, I guess he would have been probably 13 at the time. And uh, we got a call from the cabin and they said, um, you know, we have no water. And we were like, oh, okay, well, you know, I called and I called and I called to try to find a handyman, but no one can make it out for days. So I asked him, I said, do you think you could go up there? And, you know, he had just gotten off oxygen and he'd have to crawl into the crawl space and see what was going on. And he said, yeah, he said, we'll take, I'll take Ben. And um, he said, I'll be able to point Ben in the direction of what to do. And he said, and we'll be able to handle it. You know, he got up there got there, opened the crawl space. It's completely flooded. Like a pipe had blown into. These people were so sweet because, you know, they said we were out of water, but you know, well water, you just don't go out of water unless you've got a bigger issue. Right. <laughs> so, so when he opened the door, he said there was a foot of water standing and it was just gushing out. He was able to crawl underneath, you know, my son crawled underneath and he was able to point him and tell him how to fix it. It was fixed in 20 minutes for $14. And I said, man, I wish that when something went wrong, you could just go out. You know, we wouldn't have to call anybody. You could just go out and take care of this. I said, that was so easy, which fast forward us into <laughs> air, air, um, I guess, um, our destiny. <laughs> I want to call it that. I, lots of times I'm angry with it, but right now, right now it's good. <laughs> okay. So talk to us about this ancillary business that you grew out of the specific issue with the cabin. So that night I, you know, I was like, man, that was easy. You know, when we call, there's always like a week wait, you know, I can't get a maintenance person that'll actually show up. Like, I just wish you could just do this all the time. And he was like, you know, I can't make the money that I'm making at work. Fixing light bulbs and fixing leaks and, and changing batteries. And I was like, I, I know. Well, long story short, I had been praying for two months. Just please show us what we need to do. So November, he found out October 31st that he lost his position. And then, you know, um, I, I just prayed and prayed and prayed on it. And of course, I didn't want him to see how stressed I was because he had just overcame quite, quite a bit health wise. And so I didn't want to put any extra worry on him. And I'm there in the bed at two in the morning and I wake up, sit straight up and I'm like, OK, I know what we're supposed to do. And it was as clear as day. I had the logo. I had the idea. I knew what we were supposed to do. So I laid there and tossed and turned. And if you hear him tell it, it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit better. But I tossed and turned until he said, are you okay? And I was like, I'm glad you're up. <laughs> so, I know what we're supposed to do. 
And he looked at his watch and he put it back down and he looked at it again. And he said, it's four in the morning. And he said, can we talk about this over a cup of coffee tomorrow? And he rolled back over <laughs> and went back to sleep. So while Mr. Rick was sleeping, I decided to do all the research I needed to do to open a business. So um, I had the business license printed out for him with his cup of coffee, the logo. I had ordered everything already. I had business cards and flyers already ordered. I had called my cabin neighbor in Nashville. And I called a few other short-term rental owners that I had known. And I was running this idea by them. And they're like, yes, yes, this is great. Go with it. And um so when Rick did make it to the table, I was like, listen, I've been praying and praying and God just brought this to me. So I'm pretty sure if he brings us to it, you know, he'll help us through it. And he was like, no, he said, no, this is not for me. I'm a W2 kind of person. I need somewhere to go, someone to tell me what to do and have the day off when, when I'm out. You know, this is not for me. I can't do this. I can't run my own business. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> so I pushed it toward him again. And at this point, we didn't have an option. He had filled out, you know, we didn't do unemployment. So he wasn't able to, to get all these job offers. So he was still going out kind of old school, taking applications. And during COVID, they wouldn't allow that. So, I mean, he had job, you know, he had some jobs that were from like $13 an hour. And I mean, you know, he was making $40 an hour. So that, that just wasn't going to cut it. Right. So he took the application, he filled it out, he took it back in. <laughs> but what he didn't tell me was that not, he was still on the computer looking for jobs. So he kept looking and looking and just, there was nothing. There was nothing. It wasn't like you could just go in and talk to anyone. Everyone's wearing masks. Their doors are shut. Their businesses are closed. And we happened to be um, essential workers. So had he kept his job, he would have still worked. So it was, you know, it wasn't as easy as it sounded. He has a lot of great skills. He should have been able to get any job. It shouldn't have been scary, but COVID changed everything. So I had told these ladies, and we worked for free for the months of November and December for area oh county. God. Yes, just to show them what we were capable of. So when realtors would sell a property, we would go in and we would tell them our opinion. You know, my dad was a contractor, so I, I know a lot about building. I know a lot about houses. You know, I've been through real estate. My daughter's also a realtor. So we knew what we were looking for when there was issues. Um, and so we walked through those properties and did what we called an initial consultation. We took down model numbers. I mean, these people are buying them sight unseen. They've not seen them. They, they don't know if they want to replace that refrigerator from the pictures, what size it is or what model it was or if it has water hookup. And so we were able to put in as much work as we could in two months and literally work <laughs> work for free until we got our name out there. So somehow, you know, the two ladies I had called were on a lot of the um, local smoky sites. So anytime someone had an issue, they would throw our name out there. Um, and then it just moved really quickly. It snowballed super fast. So January 2021, we started our business. Um, the end of that year, we had nearly made a half million dollars. Of course, we <laughs> didn't make a half million dollars. Right. I now am a proud owner of like a semi truck and <laughs> and five buildings for um, 
warehouses and um, we um, actually have office in the middle of Bearco Falls in the middle of Pigeon Forge as of last October um, when we did an open house there. So it moved, it moved very quickly. And with just us and a handful of people, we were able to um, to keep most people happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we a lot of short term shop people, realtors and stuff would would throw our name out there, be like, "We've heard of them," and it's just constant. So amazing. Now I I have to go back and ask, how did you end up convincing your husband? You know how they say a happy wife, a happy wife. <laughs> Let's just say he likes to keep me happy most of the time. (laughs) So I think when he realized that, hey, I can actually do this. This is not Mm -hmm. just changing light bulbs. I'm good at this. Um, Rick's amazing. He's an engineer. I mean, he just is. Um, Mm -hmm. He can, you can give him any problem and he loves problems. I'm very not like that. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. he loves problems. He loves to sit and figure things out, try to figure out how to make things work. And, um, and so I think once he realized, Hey, I'm pretty good at this, mm-hmm. um, you know, then, then it was a shoe in, then he was good. Now I will tell you that all the paperwork side of owning your own business <laughs> and figuring out tax rates when you do 15 million different services, all right. of that's kind of tough and no fun, but actually getting to walk in these properties and know what we're talking about having 18 years of experience behind us and knowing how to um, to handle anything that just gets thrown up. Um, you know, we've been there. We've done that. We know how to handle that. And I mean, we are good at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, it's it's not like work on a lot of days. Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Um, I know for me and, and how I spend my days, I obviously have a property management arm of my business, a co-hosting arm of my business, but I have a whole team that supports me. And so I really only work about 10 hours a week in that side of my business. The majority of my time is spent coaching other people and mentoring and, and helping them in their journeys. And to your point, it's like I walk into my office and I have a blast every day, right? Yeah. It's so fun. It's so rewarding And at the same time, sometimes, you know, other people will go out to dinner or something like that and they'll be complaining about their, their job. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember those days, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember those days and I am so lucky to be able to do what I do. You know, we are, we are very lucky. And, you know, um, like I said, we have four kiddos, six grandbabies. Um, One of our grandsons is special needs. He was born with a terminal diagnosis. And, you know, the scary thing is, is that we don't know when we may have to run across country for a doctor's mm-hmm. appointment and being in the, you know, being in the field that we are in, knowing that we're not going to lose our job because we decide to spend their time with their family is huge. So having having the security of knowing that, you know, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and be kicked out of corporate world because he was there for seven years. You know, there was. He, he thought he had some stability there and it just shows you that you are replaceable in all of those fields you are. And so being able to get out of corporate world and work for yourself um, has so many perks and, um, and we just have a lot of fun in everything we do. Amen to that. All right. I want to ask you 
about the 15 million services that you offer because you said it wasn't very fun coming up with the tax rates, but no, no, come to find out we're class everything with taxes. (laughs) So there is no company quite like ours. So there is no, there's no structure quite like ours. So a lot of the things we offer are things that we needed with our own short-term rental. So I offered welcome gifts with my short-term rental. Um, I made it very personal. If I knew they were having a birthday party or a celebration, you know, that would be waiting on them when they got there. So everything that we learned in air short-term rental, we brought with us. So we have maintenance guys, you know, they can do They can do everything, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. You know, we have a wonderful list of independent contractors that we team up with. If it's something that we need someone that's certified, um, then we reach out. We have, um, well, one of the biggest ones we have right now is seasonal decor. So (laughs) I'm a proud owner of 80 new Christmas trees (laughs) this year. (laughs) So um, that air decor is not just, I think cleaners get a lot of things put on them. Like, hey, while you're there cleaning today, why don't you go ahead and throw my Christmas tree up? And I mean, that's that's great, but they barely have time to turn a property mm-hmm. in busy season. Uh, you know, there's only a select few hours there, six hours where they may be turning multiple properties. So a lot of this, you know, we can take off of them. Um, so like we do complete seasonal decor as in fall decor. And we do Christmas decor, um, six foot trees up to nine foot trees. All of that's rented. So you don't have to try to stuff it in your owner's closet to find out next year that it doesn't work. And so we have a whole decor team that does those kind of um, seasonal things. Then we have um, a whole team that's guest services. So we get calls from people put our QR code in their welcome packets and their guests reach out to us. And they're like, hey, I have, you know, a proposal. I have an anniversary, a birthday. We've even done bereavement. Um, So, you know, we're there for we're there for the guests to make the guest happy, which makes the host happy. The name of our business is a happy host. That's just it. We keep the host happy. Mm-hmm. And if the if the guests are happy, the hosts are happy. So we do those. We do preventative inspections is because if you're in California, where 90 percent of our clientele are, then you don't even know what size air filters you have. If they call and they're like, hey, our toilet seat upstairs in the bathroom broke, we're able to pull out our inspection and say, OK, that's a round white toilet seat. Mm-hmm. So you go on and get that, go, go get that in. So it's not like we have to waste time and go out to the property to find out what, what we need. Same thing for, you know, I, I can't tell you the countless calls we get for remotes. <laughs> so oh. we carry, we carry remotes on us. Um, you know, if a client is um, purchasing the property sight unseen, they're going by photos, but they have, um, it's not a, it's not cheap to fly in from California for a couple questions. So they'll call us. We'll go out. We'll figure out everything they need. If they need design work, we work with um, our design team, which is Parkland Interiors. Um, they are remote from California, but we work hand in hand with them. Um, we go out and um, they order everything, ship it to us. We store all that. When the last item's in, we go in and purge their old stuff out of their cabin donate that, put all the new stuff in. We do everything to get ready to go live. So um, 
So that's a huge service. That's where I met Lisa. I got to do her cabin setup. So setup's huge. We do we do anything you need. Yeah. We've gotten, you know, odd odd calls where we have to go and retrieve guns or we have to go and remove people from cabins. Oh. <laughs> and so so we do everything, everything you need. If we haven't done it, we'll do it when you call and ask. So <laughs> So I hope that if you're removing people from cabins, it is not you personally going. I go with the officers, yes. You yes. go with the officers. We meet the officers usually at a nearby gas station or, mm -hmm. or a place, a good point of place to meet. And then we, we go with them because they have to have someone there. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. same thing for appliance delivery. You have Lowe's delivers, but someone has to be there. So there's there's tiny little things we do all the way up to, you know, to the bigger issues where someone's cabin's trashed and the cleaners mm -hmm. tell them and we have to go out and make police reports. We have to take pictures and write letters for Airbnb. You know, it's hard when you're across the country, but we make it easy for you to self-manage um, because we can do it all for you. That's so amazing. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Ooh, that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, because for all of us who do own and host remotely, I mean, I, to your point, I have a whole team and storage and boots on the ground in Myrtle Beach, but it took me years to build up that team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why I say we should be a realtor's best friend because it should be super easy for you to sell a property to someone across country. We've had people from Asia. We've had people from all over to to um, sell that knowing that they have, you know, to have someone to do all that hands and feet mm -hmm. and eyes and ears and stuff right there at the property. Um, and that's actually I wanted to buy a place at the beach. But there's no me at the beach and I'm having a really hard time. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out if I can let go control enough to buy. There you go. Away. We may just have to expand and go there too. <laughs> so. I, I was gonna say I always tell my students you gotta delegate to elevate. Okay. Yes. And there's only so much physical and mental bandwidth that you can handle, right? Absolutely. Um, and I know if I know anything about you and I know, you know, we just met recently, but I can tell you are very business minded, but you have a huge heart. And I think you could easily set up a team at whatever beach, you know, yeah, you decide we, to operate in. We have been offered. We've been offered quite a few different that people fly us to train people and all of this. I feel like after I know what I'm doing, like I listen, I made the website in 10 minutes <laughs> on the night that I woke Rick up and I haven't even had a chance to go back and update it. There you go. So, so yeah, as soon as I can get some kind of um grounds there but it's it's just forever changing like everything's changing and now with all the new short-term laws that are changing in the Smokies starting January I'm certain we'll be slammed with that as well when I, I purchased in 2005 were simple and now mm -hmm. you're getting all these extra all these extra add-ons but it's much easier you know I've walked in properties and I've been like listen that floor in front of that dishwasher soft like mm -hmm. either they've replaced it and they've not done a great job or your floor is rotted, you know, and they'll buy it. And then yeah. they'll be like, well, I didn't know because my realtor didn't say anything. <laughs> well, no, but you know, it, it depends growing up. 
being a contractor's daughter, I was in and out of houses all the time. I really do know a lot of structural stuff that a lot of that a lot of people wouldn't know. And so we can save a ton of money right from right from the get go. You know, we had um, first client we went in, they had pictures and they purchased this property with pictures and they were like ordering a new hot tub because that hot tub in the photo needed to be trashed. Well, that wasn't the hot tub at their property. Oh, so like so many things from being far off is is just, you know, you're not certain and it could be an accident. It could have been a picture of another hot tub from a thing, but that wasn't even their porch. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's good to have someone to actually go out. Yeah. And, and see the property and be like, yes, this, this is, you know, this is your property. This is the condition that is in because you just don't know being that far away. Oh my you don't goodness. Know. Well, even when you're buying real estate, around the corner from you, you know, you can look at pictures online and it looks beautiful and serene and peaceful. And you go to look at it in person and it's like, whoa, Bessie, time out. What is this? This that's, that's my comparison is people put so many filters on. Like you see someone on Facebook and you go to the grocery store and you're like, mm, that's, that's not what I was expecting. The same with property, seriously. Yeah. The yeah. same with property. You know, it's filtered so much that everything looks bright and, you know, and then you go in and it's so dark and, and the color of everything is even different. The paint color is different. Yeah. So, so it's, it's very hard to just um, depend on photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to go through and walk through on FaceTime to show them, you know, hey, this is this is your property. I know, you know, you've got the inspection report. You've got all of this, but this is this is your property. I'm here. What do you want to look at? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, just because it would have to be, it would have to be so nerve wracking not to know, <laughs> and then to come in after you've purchased it months later and be like, you know, this this is not how this how this worked. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to also ask you, knowing you do so many different things, how did you decide on your price list? So your service list was obviously um, a brain dump of all the services that you needed. How did you figure out, and without giving away specific pricing, but I'm just curious, did you have a specific strategy? Did you do research? Um, I think a lot of folks listening might be really intrigued by what you're doing. And then they might think, gosh, I have an idea for this type of business that could, you know, or that type of business, something that supports owners and hosts. But how do I know what I should be charging? How did you decide? So we're still, we're still learning every day, but um, I actually made friends with a lot of area contractors, a lot of area, um, just business owners. And we kind of, we kind of started way too cheap actually mm-hmm. lisa shout out she was like after setup she was like don't charge me more but you all need to charge more mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, so so and actually we did we did need to charge more so we kind of just called all the other independent contractors that do a little bit of what we did and we were just honest with them and we were like this is what we do but we have no idea how to, how to price and so um, we kind of stay in the same boat they are. We have our service fee and our hourly, and that sticks for everything, everything around the board. 
So if we do a birthday party, it kind of sticks with the same service fee and hourly, which still ends up being much cheaper than if you called a party planner to do it. Um, so it's, it's still a win-win on all of that, but it gives us some idea. Plus in the mountains, you know, you may be 20 miles away, but you're an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. Or you may be five miles down the road and it takes you 45 minutes. And when you haven't been to the area and you have someone, um, like I said, California is their biggest clientele. So -hmm. if you have someone in California who hasn't been to the area and they're like, well, Lowe's was four miles away. Why did it take you in an hour and a half to do it? Yeah. Obviously, (laughs) you haven't been to Sevierville. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Lowe's is far from everything. So, you Mm -hmm. know, you're in Chalet Village. You're looking at a three-hour round trip. So, um. So a lot of that, you know, the guys have to be paid for their time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, you know, that it the service fee covers a lot of that travel, um, a lot of the wear and tear on our vehicle because it's almost every other day something's wrong with our vehicles from climbing mountains all day. And we all live in Jefferson County, which is about 45 minutes away from our office. So we all, all of us pretty much travel to work every day so so it's a lot of time spent driving and in the car you have a rod run you may sit for two hours on the road you know you may not be able to move um last winter i took a job in chalet village that was supposed to be two miles away and it took me four hours (gasps) because it wasn't snowing anywhere else but on chalet village covered in ice (laughs) so so a lot of times they look at that and they're like why do you charge you know a service fee well because you just don't know yeah and plus we have to go out and get whatever you need so we have Mm -hmm. to travel back to we need if someone wants to make a lot of money they need to put a Lowe's in Gatlinburg (laughs) (laughs) there is no there is no (laughs) there is no fast way to go to get anything you need from a hardware store. <laughs> so. Good to know. All right. We'll have to call uh, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Lowe's and let them know. <sighs> Amy, this is so fun. And I love your story. And I think you're so inspiring for so many people out there who might be struggling or might be going through hard times or just kind of wondering what their path forward is. And I just, I so appreciate your transparency and, and honesty. And I, I love it. I love what you're doing. So thank you. I want to move to the lightning round. Okay, girl. So here's how this is going to play out. All right. I'm going to ask you some questions and I'm just going to ask you to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. Okay. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? I want to say Charleston right now. I absolutely love the history. Mm-hmm. And just water. I don't even have to be in the water. I just need to hear the water. That's my calm place. So, yeah. um, but I love, I love that old style. And, you know, Charleston's right there at Savannah and they're two totally different places. You've got the party town and the quiet town. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't even go out of country. I think I would just like to go, uh, <laughs> go be by the water in the Isle of Pauls. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. And I'm just like you, you know, I just got back from Cancun and I was there for two weeks and I think I got in the ocean twice. Now I love to get in the ocean and play in the water, but you know what is my jam is just listening, just laying on I the beach and hearing it. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Oh, I'm going with water again. I think I don't want to go to like Bora Bora or yeah, I just want to go. I just want to go near the water. Just the water. Just the water. Bora Bora. That I'm I'm taking that as an answer. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out? Oh, um, starting out with short-term rental or starting out with this business? I'm going to let you choose. Okay. I think overall, just with the business that I can do hard things. I'm a people pleaser. Some people can't be pleased. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, So I think, I think I would toughen my heart just a little and know that, you know, I can do these hard things and that I don't have to please everyone. I just Mm -hmm. need to do my best. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I love people and I, I don't want to ever disappoint anyone, but some people are going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think just the fact that I can do hard things and I don't have to please everyone. That's so powerful. And I think once that realization actually occurs, it's kind of freeing. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> we, um, we try so hard to make everyone happy, but there are just some that you're not going to make happy. And um, we've had some that have came back to us with things like, you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. You know, your business is um, not very professional to find out that everything he was talking about was a different contractor with a different company and it wasn't us. Wow. And so it's at that point, you know, it's freeing to say, you know what? We appreciate your apology, but from what we've heard, we, we just aren't a good fit anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, because, because we're not going to, we're teamwork. We mm-hmm. don't work for anyone. We work with you yeah. to make your investment better. And we appreciate your trust with your investment, but at the same time, we can't get run over. Yeah. I love that. And you know, there's something very powerful about leading with your heart And I have, you know, I've been in this situation several times, actually, where I've had to, I call it strategically separate with people. And there is a right way to do it. And, you know, I come out of 99.9% of those conversations and you give the person a hug, for me, a virtual hug, because a lot of times we're not in the same room. Us too. But it is important to have clients that are the right fit. This is something I teach my co-hosting students all the time that not every client is the right client for you. And so you really need to vet who it is you're working with and have forethought into, am I going to enjoy my work when I'm working with this person? And it's to the point where we have thousands of clients now. And then at this one client who you'll spend hours and hours and hours trying to justify everything, you know, takes up the time that you have these clients who are appreciative of what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have those who get upset because their TVs are not functioning properly. And then we have real emergencies. We have, you know, children that have fallen and, and things that we're trying to, like, we will go to the hospital and sit with them. Like we, you know, we've got, we've got real important issues and then you still have the, well, my TV's still not working. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's, it's very, you know, if, if you don't understand that there's somebody, there's a child that needs us over here, maybe, maybe we aren't fit to work together mm-hmm. and we still wish you the absolute best, but, but, you know, we're not meant to work with everyone. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Next question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, I think just give it to God. I've been taking a, a really long this year. I've been trying to um, pick a word and my word this year was listen. Mm. And for me, that's tough because I like to talk. So, <laughs> so um, I try to shut up in me and just listen, but you can't hear. Sometimes if it's not quiet, you can't hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been trying to, to quieten down and just listen mm-hmm. to, to where I'm being led. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before I go into anything, I always start with a prayer that I hope whoever enjoys this, I hope they're happy. I hope, you know, I've made them proud, but, but sometimes you're just so in with the hustle and bustle that you can't hear. Mm-hmm. What you, so. Boy, oh boy, that's such great advice. And it gives me chills because I, a very long time ago, right after my mom passed away, I went through a Bible study. And it was about discerning the voice of God. And there were all these women, I'll never forget, in this room talking about when God talks to them. And I'm sitting there thinking, what are you guys talking about? Like, he's not talking to me. How, how is he talking to you and he's not talking to me? And obviously, through that Bible study, I learned that I had to be quiet. I had you to did. actually open my ears. To be and able. open your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he told us, he told us, here's this business. Neither one of us were comfortable with, with this business, but we put all of our faith and glory in him and it just happens. Anything we need just turns up and it just happens. That's so amazing. I love that. Okay. Last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for my dad. I lost him 13 years ago, but something I tell my kids when he passed away, everything material wise he left me, I gave to my brother Mm -hmm. because what he gave me, no one can take. Mm. He he taught me how to survive. You know, he taught me how to invest. He taught me how to start my own business and how to go after what I want. And that's nothing that anyone can take from me. And so, yes, he's my hero. Amy, you are a hero. I have so enjoyed this conversation and I know that you are going to resonate with so many people who listen to this episode. So I just want to thank you um, for for being with us. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Stacey. I'm so glad you had me. Now, before you go, I want to ask you, do you have your ticket for the Short-Term Rental Virtual Summit for Women yet? If you do not, you have got to go. No, you've got to run to strvirtualsummit.com. Grab your ticket. It is a three-day virtual event that is going to knock your socks off. Tickets are limited. Go to strvirtualsummit.com and grab yours right now. Now, last but not least, I want to give a quick shout out to some of the amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just yesterday, Nanner Kruckerberg, oh my goodness, I hope I did not say your name incorrectly, but I have a feeling I did. (laughs) So Nanner posted, what is everyone's checkout time of their Airbnb and VRBO or Verbo? Mine is currently 11 a.m. with a 3 p.m. check-in time. If we get there right at 11, it's cutting it so close to have to be ready to be out 
by around 2 p.m. for the next guest. I can't afford to have a gap in between bookings, so I'm thinking of changing the checkout time to 10 a.m. Thoughts? Well, I have to say, my friends, so we had 156 women who chimed in in the last day at the time of this recording, one of which was Vivian Leverick. And Vivian says, out at 10, in at 4. My guests have the option to check in two hours early, subject to availability for $60. We sometimes give it for free for longer stays, repeats, direct bookings, or holidays. They also have the option to add extra hours checking out, basically a full extra night at half price. I only offer that during their stay if the night isn't booked, of course. Vivian, great advice, girlfriend. Thank you for sharing. All right. And with that, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you very soon. Hey sister, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.